God's not trying to take from us, but he wants us to be in a position where he can honor us. He wants us to be in a place where he can pour out of his goodness upon us and only the respect of God, the fear of the Lord, the honor of God, only having that reverential, that reverential approach to him is going to qualify us for the greater blessing. A person who treats God casually in any way, they are limited in what God can do for them, not because God's withholding out of, out of meanness or withholding out of stinginess, but God, he's a good father. He's not going to bless something that's inappropriate. He's not going to pour out goodness upon something that is irreverent. And so the reverence of the Lord is something that is a benefit to us. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Just the beginning. We want to move into the fullness of the wisdom, right? The fear of the Lord brings us in. The more that you, you place God in a set-apart position in your mind and in your attitude and in your, your approach to him, the more that you have him in that position of honor, the, the greater benefit. You'll see things that you didn't see before. You know, when I didn't, I, there, there was a day in my life before I met Christ that I, did, I never thought about going to church. Going to church was never anything that was on my radar. It wasn't anything of interest to me. As a matter of fact, when I got saved, I actually said, Lord, I'll get saved if you don't make me go to church. <laughs> I didn't know church was what it really is. But the, but the more that I began to honor the house of God in my life, as I, I was born again and I began to see the honor for the house, I, I wanted to do something in the house. You know, the first thing they let me do, this church had a bulletin board that, that needed to be like redecorated with the new season and they would put the announcements and different things. They let me decorate the bulletin board. I was so excited. I mean, and I'm not very creative, but I was just glad to get to do something in the church. I'm not creative in that artsy, craftsy kinds of, of thing like Kimberly back there. She's really craftsy. But I, I, I was just thrilled to do it. And then they let me sing. Woo, help me, Jesus. You're going to let me sing in your church? I remember the, I, everything that when I would begin to honor that position, when I would begin to honor the house of God, honor the people of God, you know, more light came into my life. Do you know, I, there were things that I learned, there were things that opened up to me that before had been closed to me because I was treating the things of God it, with a way that I'd never treated the things of God before. And the more that you begin to see the, the relationships that God has placed in your life as holy, I mean, one of the, the greatest privileges to me is the relationship that he has given me. He's given me a pastor. God gave me someone who is a, a shepherd in my life. That's a, that's a gift. That's a holy gift of God. And what a, a comfort my pastor has brought into my life. But the more that I, I honored my pastor and his wife as my pastor. I don't want them to be my friends. I mean, I, I want to, to be there and, and to minister to them, but I'm not trying to, to put them on an equal peer level with me. My pastor will always know more than me. Why? Because he's been serving God a lot longer than me. But even my, my husband was interviewing me in the thing, and he said something about his mom, and he said, you know, my wife is one of the most... She is the most godly woman I know. And then he, he mentioned his mom and he said, you know, even compared to my mom, I said, no, I don't compare to your mama. <laughs> your mama's been holy, living holy a lot longer than I've even been thinking about being holy. <laughs> Why? Because I honor that position that she holds in my life. I, I, when, when we honor the things that God honors, 
more light comes. We're able to see and understand the things of God in, in a greater way. And so they weren't honoring the offerings of God. And I think it, we need to talk about the offerings of the Lord because God talks a lot about his offerings. And God can, takes his offerings seriously. They, again, God's not trying to take from us. God's trying to get to us. But he says, bring me an offering. Bring me the glory that's due my name. He talked to Cain about his offering. He talked to him about it. He said, Cain, if you do not well, shall you not be accepted? If you would do what is acceptable, you would be accepted. He talked to him about the offering, and he evidently talked to Abel about the offering because Abel offered unto God by faith. So faith came by hearing the word of God. God talked to them about offering to him. Why? Because God wants the approach to him to be what the honor will open back into our life. He wants the good for us. And so it was a great sin for these men to treat the offering of the Lord lightly. And then God spoke to Eli about it. And he said in the same chapter, let's go over to verse 29. He said, Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offering? Hear God, my sacrifice, my offering. Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offering, which I commanded in my habitation, and honor your sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now, says the Lord, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor, and they that despise me, shall be lightly esteemed. So this is the phrase, the part of the verse that is most often quoted. Them that honor me, I will honor, and those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. But now we know what God was talking about when he brings this subject of honor up. He was talking about their offerings. Specifically, he began it by saying, yeah, they were living wrong. They weren't they weren't honoring God with their lifestyle, but what God called them on the carpet about, specifically in this verse, was the way that they were so loose and treating lightly his offerings. He said, you're kicking at my sacrifice and at my offering, and he said, you're despising me. Despise is a word that in the language, the Greek la or the Hebrew language, it has a scale. It can be a, a full-out hatred, or it can be treating it loosely, treating it casually, treating it as, ah, that's take it or leave it. It's not important. It's, it's, you know, whatever. Nothing about the worship of God is whatever. I think that and I'm not criticizing anybody for the way that they do things. Uh, but in our family, we're not going to set something at the back and, if, and you can just dunk it in on your way out if you want to give an offering. That's, that's not what is bringing glory to him. We want to make a big deal about what God thinks is important. We want to give emphasis to the reason why we're doing it. We're not, we're not taking offerings to pay for church bills. If every bill of the church was paid and there was $100,000 in the bank, we wouldn't shut down the offerings because the offerings are not for, are not, the offerings are not the provision or the supply. God is our supply. God is our provision. He says when you bring the tithe into the church, he chooses to, to use it for the ministry of the church. But we're not receiving offerings so our bills can get paid. Amen. Do you see the mindset? 
we're not receiving offerings so that we can buy a, a bigger church or, or whatever. We're receiving offerings to honor the Lord. We're receiving offerings to honor the Lord. We make Him the focus. We make His word the focus. We're honoring the Lord by acting on His word when we tithe. We're honoring the Lord by acting on His word when we sow seed. We honor the Lord when we give into the preaching of the gospel. Amen? We're doing it because He put it in His Word. We're doing it because His house is important. He says, bring you the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat or supply in my house. We're doing it to honor His house, to honor His things. We honor His people. Hallelujah. Do you know how valuable it is that we have Pastor Happy Caldwell and Sister Jeannie come and minister to us every month? That is not something that we take lightly. He's not just coming because he needs a place to preach. He preaches all over the state every day, Monday through Friday, and, and even on the weekends through his television network. He's not coming because he needs a place to preach. He's coming because God is honoring us to have his caliber of anointing and faith and wisdom pour into our hearts that's the honor of the Lord. We want to honor Him. We want to honor Him. Y'all, y'all, Jesse DePlantis is coming to minister to our church family. Yes, we're, we're going to go to the Maumel Event Center so that we, can, we don't have to turn anybody away, right? But He's coming because God's honoring us. God's honoring us. Jerry Seville, the people, I'm saying not the people because of of, of natural popularity, these people have anointings to impart and wisdom that comes out of their mouth that is only attained by a walk with God. It's not just someone up here teaching five points and, and three keys to this and, and, and this is how you make. No, these people are uttering from heaven answers that they've gleaned from the word of God that's God honoring us and do you know why because we're honoring God we listen it's not just because we've jumped through some some special hoops or or got some kind of personality or pulled some strings or whatever it's the Lord it's God who has given us favor for for these men and women to come hallelujah for these anointings to be present in our house. That's the honor of God. And we're going, to, we're going to even increase in our honor for Him. We're going to grow in our estimation of Him. And show Him that we take seriously the things that He has honored us with. Those things which He calls holy. We'll continue to call holy and even in a greater way. Because we want God to know that we are thankful for the way that he has honored us. Amen? So God says, them that honor me, I will honor. Those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Or you could say, those that lightly esteem me shall be lightly esteemed. Those who treat me casually will be treated casually. Those who treat me nonchalantly they'll be treated nonchalantly that's not us but we recognize we recognize that that is a value system that is a kingly a kingdom value value system that God has established think about what he said Jesus said those who receive a prophet in the name of a prophet what are they going to get a prophet's reward. Those who receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, what do they get? A righteous man's reward. Those who receive, and so he said, for the way that you receive, every way that you receive has a reciprocal. If you receive them as a man of God, carrying the anointing that God has placed on them, that's what you're going to receive from that office, from that standing from that that supply that kingdom supply but if you only receive them as hey brother so-and-so what's up dude 
then you're going to get what dude can supply. <laughs> without the office, without the anointing, without the supply. So do you see the way that we receive, the way that we honor, the way that we, we uh, connect, the way that we esteem affects the way that we receive. So it's a kingdom value system. And I want to show it to you in Galatians chapter 6. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8. He that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption but he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting now uh, this is another verse that's often taken out of its context and used to describe someone who's living carnally versus someone who's living by walking in the spirit and yes that applies but in context, it's talking about offerings. In context, he's talking about, in verse 6, let him that is taught in the word communicate, share, partner, contribute to him that teaches. And now he's identifying that as sowing to the Spirit. You could put it this way. For the person who goes out and spends $20 on a movie ticket, they're going to get whatever is supplied out of that movie. Two hours of entertainment. It, it, not, a, not, a, not a bad movie. Let's just say it's a good, clean movie. What have they got? They've got a good storyline. They've had some enjoyment. They've had some entertainment. They've had, you know, it's a little bit of free time. But... Unless it was a movie filled with the Word of God of some kind, they didn't come away with any spiritual substance out of that which they invested that $20 and that two hours with. But when we're sowing to the Spirit, I could take that same $20, I'm not buying anything from the Lord, but I could honor the Lord with it. I could sow it into His work, and now I've got something eternal of value that is operating in my life. I've, I've got that $20 working in the kingdom, bringing the gospel to people through the airways, causing the church to be supplied in whatever area uh, it, it, it may be applied to. Now it's, it's working in eternal value. I have sown to the Spirit, and now what am I going to reap? Am I going to reap just the two hours of free time, the enjoyment? the, the storyline, the, the entertainment I got out of that? No, I've got a spiritual supply. A spiritual supply. And that, that's why we've got to recognize a value system that has a, a kingdom, a kingdom established value system. That, you know, God has given us time. Time is more valuable than, than the money that you make. Because you can't get more. You could go make some more money. But unless you learn to redeem the time, you have to do that spiritually because time is something that God has orchestrated and established and it's not forever in that, in that way. This time shall end, and we'll enter into a different way of how time is. We're going to enter into eternity. So we've got to value time with a spiritual approach. Because I have a limited amount of time. There's not an expiration date on my, my foot somewhere, but I have a limited amount of time. It's going to be a long, satisfying life, but still... As, as Brother Keith Moore says, there's nobody from the 1700s alive on the planet today. Right? And so I have, I, 
Time is something I can't replace. I can't get it back. I have to redeem it. And the only way you can redeem time is to start looking at things from that spiritual perspective of am I sowing to the Spirit? Because when you begin, it says in the book of Proverbs that God will give you length of days and long life, two different things. Two different things. Length of days is not the same as long life. Length of days means I am redeeming every moment of my time. I am, I am utilizing my time on things that God calls important and I'm not wasting them, wasting my minutes, wasting my hours on things that are time wasters, stealing my time. It, do you see the spiritual perception that is required to be able to redeem the time so that we are able to uh, orchestrate the actions of our life, the activities of our life in line with God's timetable. One of the things that we've been praying about for, for over a year, two years probably, maybe three, I've just been on a constant prayer about it, is about the unity, unity in this church family. Unity in the fellowship. And the unity, as, the, as I've been giving that a constant uh, approach in prayer, it's not, about a, it's not about nobody being at odds with one another as much as it is about us being in synchronization with God's steps. That we're not behind him. That we're not out in front of him, but we're not lagging behind him. That we be in unity with him. That when he's, when he's prompting us, we're responding. We're, we're stepping in line with the plan of God. We're walking in line with the steps of God. We're responding to the voice of God. That unity as a church family is something that, that it requires all of us. Do You see, we, I, I'm not just praying for my unity with God. I need all of us to be in sync. I need all of us to be, you know, if you have a drill team that is, is doing a, a performance, if all of them but one have their timing right, that one is going to stop the flow of all the people behind him. It can flow really good. They're taking their, their, their y'all know, like a, a drill team at the school or a drill team at a, uh, the army or the marines and they're doing with those rifles help me <laughs> they've got those rifles out and they're swinging those rifles and and doing all of the things in order and then they come to one who's off and he he drops it everybody behind him is now out of sync i like this one i like this one drum team they got this this drum corps over in the uk and they are like they are over the top and they are just really, I mean, they are like switching drums. Like, they're like drumming and never missing a beat. You would like that, DJ. You'd be like, hey. And they're, they're marching around and they're drumming and they're swapping their sticks. And, they're, and I'm like, that, that is unity. <laughs> that is unity. Those people have spent time together. Hallelujah. That spiritual perception Sowing to the Spirit so that we can of the Spirit reap. Sowing to the Spirit, time. What you're doing here tonight on a Sunday evening, you're sowing to the Spirit. You shall reap of the Spirit. You shall reap of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Sowing to the Spirit so that we can of the Spirit. It's a kingdom value system. It's it's setting in our estimation the same, the same way of looking at it that God has in his estimation. And that's what we want. That's what we want. Hallelujah. So let's look at, at Cain and Abel's offering. And let's, let's let the word of God identify to us the honor 
Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and unto his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you wroth? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do not well, shall you not be accepted? The word in the center column reference says, Excellency. If you do not well, shall you not have the excellency? I just wonder what Amplified would say. If you do not well, shall you, if you do well, shall you not have the excellency? Hallelujah. It uses accepted as well. So I, I want you to think about this word excellency for a minute because we're going to see the comparison as we look over in the New Testament at uh, the book of Hebrews. So he said, if you, if you would do well, you would have the excellency in your offering too. Well, let's go over then to Hebrews 11.4 and we'll see the scripture there. Hebrews 11.4 By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. More excellent. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift. Talking about his offering. God testified about Abel's offering. Why? His offering, what he brought, we know it was by faith. By faith, Abel offered. By faith. In other words, he was acting on the word. That is our main momentum. Our main motivation. I'm doing this on the basis of your word. On the basis of your word. That is the reason behind our activity. By faith, Abel offered, and it says, a more excellent sacrifice, and he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, and by it, he being dead, yet speaks. We're still talking about it today. One of the first offerings, the first offering recorded in the Bible, we're still talking about it today. Because we want to be those who bring the excellent sacrifice. How do we do it? By faith. We're acting on the word. We're bringing it with the heart to honor God. We're bringing it with the heart uh, to obey his instruction and Another thing that we see concerning this is in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 12. 1 John 3, 12 also talks about Cain and what was his motive. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. And wherefore or why did he slay him? Because... His works were evil and his brothers righteous. So in Hebrews 11.4 it says righteous and also here it identifies righteous. In other words, he was coming with the right heart. He was coming with the right heart. He was coming in uh, integrity with the motive. You may have heard someone say, well, you know, you're just trying to, to, to get something from God. You're just trying to, to, you know, give something to get God to do something for you. You know, God knows the motive of our heart. He knows the motive of our heart. I've just learned over the years that, you know, he's the one who put seed time and harvest in the Bible. It wasn't my idea. He established seed time and harvest. He gave me the seed so that I could sow it. 
And then he, he, he even gave me the blessing so he could multiply the seed I sow. So he wants me to do it. He wants me to do it. I'm not trying to get anything from God. I couldn't anyway. You know, some people, when I first got saved, and y'all, you've been hearing my testimony and everything, but there were some ladies in the church who went to the pastor and said, she's just trying to find a sugar daddy. And my husband laughed and he said, because I was driving my Volkswagen Rabbit. She must not have been looking for a sugar daddy with my Volkswagen Rabbit. <laughs> I wasn't looking for a sugar daddy. I was just so glad to be out of what I had been in. Hallelujah. God knows our heart. God knows our heart. And if we will... If we will condition ourselves to include the word in our giving, include the word in the preparation of our tithe check or however you, you sow your tithe, take a moment to speak the word over what you're doing. Don't just do it randomly. Don't just do it methodically. Or We, we do it regularly, but we don't do it with tradition. We can do something regularly and not lose the value in what we're doing. And the way that we do that is we engage our faith and we speak word, words from the scripture. We speak words of faith out of our heart over what we're doing. And that employs our spirit to be engaged in what we're doing. Amen? So God calls it an excellent sacrifice. Now I have one other example I want us to look at. Hallelujah. I did wear my watch. Y'all can say, just go ahead right now. You're welcome. Uh, There's a couple of times I forgot it, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't keep, I kept them so long. So I wore it. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, let's look. In, so in light of the time, I'm not going to go to everything that I have here in my notes, but I do want to look at something that we haven't looked at together, and that's David's offering at Ornan's threshing floor, okay? And I want to compare 1 Chronicles 21 to 2 Samuel 24. So let's look at them both because uh, I want to see the verbiage that David uses. Now, if you're not familiar with this story, let me give you a little bit of background. David had numbered Israel. He shouldn't have done that. Because what it was doing is putting his faith in the army and not in God. And it, it was something that Satan had tempted him to do. And of course, David didn't have an understanding about Satan tempting him. But he, he fell for it anyway. And he, um, he numbered Israel and it opened up for the enemy to attack. And a plague was going through the nation. And so David knew, I did this. I, I took my eyes off God and put my eyes over on the size of my army. And so I need to repent and get God involved in my situation. So he's going to make an offering to the Lord. So 1 Chronicles 21, we'll begin in verse 21. He, it says, David came to Ornan. Ornan looked and saw David and went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. So the threshing floor is a large area where they bring their harvest in so that they can beat the wheat down and get the chaff out. And, and so it's, it's a, a, a large area that's prepared. David came here, and so this is where he is encountering Ornan. Then Ornan, uh, David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord, you will grant it to me for the full price, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Ornan said unto David, Take it, and let my lord the king do what is good in his eyes. I'll, I give you the oxen also for the burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for wood, and the wheat, for the meat offering, I give it all. So here's Ornan. He's saying, you don't have to pay me. You want my threshing floor? 
Take my threshing floor. You, I'll give you my oxen. You're the king. So here's Ornan. He's showing honor to David, right? He's, he's willing to, to foot the whole bill for this sacrifice. But notice what David said. David said to Ornan, no, but I will truly, verily buy it for the full price. For I will not take that which is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. So David gave to Ornan for the place 600 shekels of gold by weight, and then he built the altar, and he offered unto the Lord. But I want us to see his statement. I will not offer burnt offerings without cost. Now let's compare that to the same story in 2 Samuel, it's not a different story, but in 2 Samuel, the pronunciation of the name Ornan is changed a little bit, so it, it looks like a whole other name, Aruna. But we'll look at 2 Samuel 24. It's the same brother. Chapter 24, verse 22. I'm not in 2 Samuel yet. That would help me. 1 Samuel doesn't have Orna in there. 2 Samuel does. And Aruna said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer what seems good unto him. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing instruments and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Aruna as as a king, give unto the king. And Arunai said unto the king, The Lord your God accept you. And the king said unto Arunai, No, but I will surely buy it of you at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which cost me nothing. I will not offer unto the Lord that which cost me nothing. So he's saying it would not be an acceptable offering, an excellent offering if you gave it all to me. It's going to be something that is precious to me, something that means something to me. I, I need it to be something that comes from my heart. I need it to be something that, that I take out of my supply and I bring to the Lord and show him my honor with it. Do you see that? And that's what happened when the woman came to Jesus with the alabaster box. And this woman broke this alabaster box, which by itself was a very valuable thing. But now... She has taken that ointment inside the box that is also worth, some theologians say, forty to $60,000 over a year's wages for some people. In one moment, she has poured out this, this let's just divide it in the middle, let's say $50,000. She has taken this $50,000 offering of something that in a moment is going to be gone. She's going to use the ointment. She's going to, to pour it on his feet. She's going to pour it on his head. She's going to anoint him with this ointment. And then in the morning, that ointment's going to be gone. And so the disciples are looking, and it says they were indignant. They had indignation. They're like, oh, no, she didn't just do that. What in the world did she waste? Waste? Can you waste anything on Jesus? Is there anything you could do that Jesus is going to look and say, that is waste on me? The disciples, not just Judas, it says the disciples responded with indignation and called her offering waste. But for her, it expressed something that could not be expressed 
with anything less than. She couldn't have brought some baby oil and got this done. She couldn't have brought some Jergens lotion and ministered to the Lord the way that she ministered to the Lord with something that cost her something. Hallelujah. It is an expression of the heart. It is, and, and Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, this offering will be talked about. So here we've got Abel's offering that is still testifying. God's still testifying about it. We've got this woman's offering that wherever the gospel is preached, it's going to be brought up. We've got Cornelius' offering that rose up as a memorial before God. I think our offerings are, are, are making, making a scene in heaven. I think our offerings are making a scene in heaven. I think our offerings are coming up before the Lord and, and the angels are saying, Whoa, look at that honor coming from those faith builders tonight. Look at the faith builders, how they're honoring the Father. Amen? Praise God. Why? Because it's not just a temporary application of a gift or an offering or a seed sown. It's eternal in value. And it's sowing to the Spirit. And God calls it excellent. God calls it excellent. So tonight we're going to offer to the Lord of our heart what we have prepared throughout these, these days and weeks and months of this year. And we are going to raise up before him our honor for him and let him know how valuable he is in our life. Praise God. I'm going to ask if the ushers would come. And let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we approach you tonight with great honor and respect. Our desire is to demonstrate that which we have been preparing in our heart for this night. Lord, we want you to know, to receive, and to experience how great we think you are, how highly we esteem you, and how we honor you, your things, and your ways. Let us increase in the knowledge of God. Let us increase in this sensitivity and this recognition of reverence. And Lord, we thank you for how you honor us. We're so grateful in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We honor you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. Just lift your hands and praise the Lord. We worship you, Father. We worship and we reverence you. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Ela 
And I do go before you. And I straighten paths that are crooked. And I make plain the path before your feet. And I clear the distractions and the disturbances. And I clear in front of you the light upon your path. So that there's no confusion and there's no cloudiness. But that you can move quickly and promptly into the places that I have prepared for you. And with your honor, with your respect, and with your reverence for me, you unlock wisdom. You unlock strategies. You unlock insight into things that you've been peering into, things that you've been attempting to discover, things that you have been trying to answer. Now you will see clearly, and now you will understand, and now you will flow in a synchronization, in a, in a movement that is spiritually motivated. Because my wisdom is available for those who highly esteem me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So come to me with questions. Come to me with a desire to understand. Seek my face. Seek my ways. Inquire of me. Acknowledge me. Ask of me. I will show you. I will show you. I will demonstrate. I will explain. I will bring you to a place of understanding a place of comprehension. Stir up your interest. Stir up an interest. Develop a hunger of interest in my plan, in my strategies, in my precepts, in my principles. I have ways. I have ways. I have ways to accomplish things you've been working hard for. I have ways. Ask of me, and I will answer you. Seek me, you'll find me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands and praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we pray as we bring to you these offerings. Lord, I just release over your people that wisdom, that comprehension, that understanding, that spiritual perception over their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just worship the Lord. Just lift your hands and worship him tonight.
into his glory services filled with the glory houses homes filled with the glory hallelujah the glory of God ministering to our family hallelujah 